Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. We'll continue discussing Srila Jiva Goswami's Paramatma Sandarbha. We're on Anacheta 70. Um, Anacheta 70 is very extensive, uh, covering over 20, close to 20 pages of the book. And um, because it covers so extensively the idea of uh, Parinamavad, uh, which is a core to an understanding of of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Gaudiya Vaishnavism, because the concept of a Chinta Beta Beta Tattva is covered here. So a comprehensive understanding of that idea of how the Lord is the constituent or the the cause of the material creation, but his still the material creation is not of his his swarup, of his very nature itself. So it's it's a comes about A charger? I said if you go to the... Let me see that. Maybe I'm wrong. This is mine. Oh, yeah, I am wrong. It would be something else. I thought that, that, that yours took a standard USB port. Um, so the idea being that the it's Shakti Parinam Vad. It's a modification of the Shakti of Paramatma. It's not a modification of Paramatma directly or his very Swarup, his nature. But it's rather it's a modification of the energy of Paramatma, the Shakti of Paramatma. So we began this 70th Anacheta in the last discussion. Uh, Parinamvad versus uh, Vivartavad. Now Vivartavad is the theory of illusion. So Vivartavad puts forth the idea that Brahman is the only reality. So however we look at the Supreme, um, the Brahman is, 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 is the absolute reality. And because of the nature of Brahman and the distinction between the nature of Brahman and the material manifestation, because they're so distinctively, distinctively different from one another, then the material manifestation has to be an illusion. So that's called Vivartavad. So here we'll be speaking deeply on these two ideas and how they play out in, how they pay out improperly in the Advaitin conception of the material manifestation and how they play out 
properly with a with a comprehensive reconciliation with the overall philosophy of the Vedas according to the Gaudiya presentation. What the heck is going on here? Excuse me. start my application. Excuse me. Seems my files got my wires have become crossed inside my computer. <laughs> All right. Can you explain again just that word parinamavad? Parinamavad means a modification. Parinamavad. So the idea is that the Paramatma is modified in some way to manifest the material manifest material creation. Because otherwise, what could the material creation come from if it didn't come from God? Well, does that mean there's something separate from God? Well, no, there's not anything separate from God, no matter how you look at the Supreme. Whether you look at the Supreme as Brahman, as Paramatma, or as Bhagavan, whatever conception you have regarding the Supreme, the material world has has to come from somewhere. Otherwise, Vivartabad, as embraced by the Advaitins, is the only reasonable explanation. Well, then the world's an illusion. Nothing's real. Because if it doesn't come from God, well, there's nothing else it could come from. Let's see if we got this right now. Yes, we did. Thank you. All right, so we're going to leave. We're going to... Um, because of the nature of the way the Anachetas themselves are presented... A lot of what we're going to be discussing is really going to be a unpacking of the commentary, which is more apprehendable. It's been made more accessible to us than the way the Anacheta properly has been translated. Um, again, it's a matter of presentation according to the audience. So. I'm sure if the, we were all uh, Vedic scholars of 500 years ago, perfectly trained in all the schools of thought and all the various scriptures thoroughly, the way that Jiva Goswami presents his Anuchetas would be fully comparable, comprehensible to our intellect of that day. We don't have that intellect today. So therefore, for our understanding, I'll be basically drawing from the commentary 
which has made it a little bit more digestible to our intellects of today. There's some very thick, thick philosophy here uh, entailing uh, specifically uh, the different schools of logic and, of course, the Sanskrit language itself and how things presented in Sanskrit have... Sanskrit is such a such a structured language, so structured that even modern schools of scientific thought rely on the Sanskrit language in order to in order to properly present their ideas because it has such such a scientific approach. So they'll use Sanskrit as the basis of their formula when they're trying to present, uh, you know, certain ideas. So we're going to continue where we left off. The term sought or real applies specifically to an object that exists in all phases of time. Makes sense. If it's real, if it's sought, then it has to be there in all phases. It has to be in the past, it was. Presently it is. In the future it will be. So that's one way of defining something that is eternal. It exists in the past, it exists now, it exists in the future. That's one aspect of the terminology sought. Another terminology, another way to look at something as sought is that it comes from a source which exists. It doesn't come from something that doesn't exist. So if its source truly exists, then it can exist. In other words, something doesn't come from nothing. <laughs> So both the, in both these ways, we can consider something to be sought. Sought either because, one, it exists in all time, in all time, past, present, and future. Or, two, it exists now because it came from something that existed. So it can be either or? Well, those are two ways. Those are two ways of defining sought. Okay, now, the discussion goes on. In this case, talking about the phases of time, sat and asat are being defined exclusively in reference to existence. In reference to causality, what caused something, However, the effect is regarded as real if its cause is real, and unreal if its cause is unreal. Uniting these two perspectives, the words sat and asat applied to one and the same object signify a real but changing object. The universe, therefore, is sometimes called sat and sometimes asat. So the universe kind of fits in the middle. It goes through changes, so people would say, well, it's not the same in the past as it is in the present. 
as it'll be in the future. Sometimes it, it's manifest, and sometimes it's not manifest, but its potentiality to manifest never disappears. So that's an important philosophical point that will be brought out as this discussion continues. So it really is eternal. The material manifestation is eternal, but it's eternal in the fact that there's the basis upon which it is or isn't there is eternal. So, the Lord may manifest the material universe or he may withdraw the material universe into its constituent parts and he may break down all those parts and not manifest them even as the, the, the basic building blocks, we'd say, the ingredients, um, the periodic table, as the modern scientists would break down everything and say, well, you, if we if we break everything down to its to its most its most elemental point, we can say that these are the elements. So they have a table, and the table has so many, you know, dual letter designations for the elements, and it doesn't get simpler than that until along came quantum physics, and now they're trying to figure out, well, wait, these elements aren't as stable as we thought they were. Along came Einstein, and all of a sudden, he kind of upset the, you know, the apple cart. And all of a sudden, you know, the elements, simply a simple element can be, can, can be transformed magically into what appears to be unlimited power. And then scientists have moved forward and now they can't figure out, well, is it a particle or is it a wave? E equals MC squared, but now we get into quantum physics and they have a problem figuring it out. They can't really, well, what, what, what's, what's the basics? But in our discussion here, in the logical explanation we're approaching as to understanding Parinamavad and Vivartavad, what we do know and why the universe can be referred both as Sat and Asat, it can be referred to as Sat. It never goes anywhere, but it certainly is transformed. Sometimes it, it completely brings everything into itself and becomes its most basic ingredient, Pradhan, we call that. Now, some would say that Pradhan doesn't have any, any um, physical attributes. It's like Brahman. It's, it's a potentiality to manifest. And that potentiality rests in the Supreme when he withdraws the material universe. So the material 
universe is there in the Karna Ocean, the, the ocean of potentiality of manifestation, which he is resting upon. And it's looked at it different ways. And we can you can quote different Shastric verses and say, well, it's looked at this way or that way, or he glances on Maya. Well, what's he glancing on? Well, what we do know is whatever he's glancing on is one, not part of his Swarup Shakti. It's distinct from his nature. So it's 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 not part of his intrinsic what we would call the Lord's intrinsic nature. It's something that is manifest from him, but in that manifestation there is a distinction between him and what is manifest. So another analogy comes up in this regard. And uh I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to jump ahead with these different ideas. I do want to walk through them, so I better go back to my reading here as the basis upon which we make the presentation. So, now this, there's another terminology here. So we have two terminologies we've, we're dealing with. Vivartavad terminology that's determining it's all an illusion, and Parinamavad, more specifically referred to as Shakti Parinamavad. Right? The, the material universe is a, is a modification, Parinama, of the Shakti of the Supreme. And specifically, a shakti of an aspect of the supreme or a manifestation of the supreme called paramatma. Now another terminology, and we'll we'll kind of end. We won't get too deep into a lot of other terms here. But the other one we have to be aware of is satkaryavad. So there is possibility only if we accept accept that the universe was enfolded within its cause in a subtle or potential form. What we just discussed. It's sat when we understand that no matter, it's always there, even in potentiality, when it's not manifest. Well, it is manifest in potentiality. It is there. It just, you know, it's like a transformer. It pull in all its different parts and all its different elements and, and it just it was there it's in there in pradana or potentiality or the potentiality fully manifests and then we get into the whole way well the material universe how does it manifest well it manifests in two parts to begin with let's look at the two parts well the one part is constituents those building blocks of matter you could call them or whatever you want to say but those constituents a pretty complex constituent. Some of those constituents are mind, intelligence, and false ego. I mean, those aren't really matter, but they're not conscious, so they're not spirit. And then we have those kind of things, those kind of elements, and all those require, they're like instruments. 
So there's instrument the instrumental aspect of material nature. So nimita and upadan. Nimita, instrumental. Somebody picks it up and uses it, plays it. We do a lot of that playing as a jiva. We play the false ego that we've created for ourselves. We play, well, be nice to say we played with our mind, but it's more like the mind's playing with us. So who's really controlling the mind? Well, Krishna says that it, it, it does go both ways. Arjuna said, I don't know what's running. It's like a runaway train, my mind. I thought I had control of it, but it sure seems like it's got control of me. So who's playing it? Well, maybe your past impressions, maybe your karmas, you know. So now we get into all this, the, the Nimita causes, the Nimita aspect of material nature, of Prakriti, however, whatever nomenclature we want to give to it, that's also there and, and that's, that's being played. It's being played by what? Adiyatmik? Adi Baltic, Adi Divic. So all these things are, are there. There's the demigods. Now it's interesting if we go to the third canto of the Bhagavatam and we look to the to the demigods before before Maitreya explains all the different unfolding of the of the elements in such a way that there can be perception of the material world. So what's that unfolding? Well, first there needs to be a physical ear and therefore there has to be something for the ear to perceive, a tanmatra. So this is sound. So there has to be sound. But what we notice in the, in the very beginning when Maitreya is explaining to Vidura this unfoldment of all the different Basically, the ability for the jiva to experience. There's no experience unless these things work. There's no experience of the world. What's the jiva going to do? The jiva needs ears to hear. The jiva needs eyes to see. A nose to smell. A tongue to taste. Skin to feel. Legs to walk from here to there and arms to grab. And so reproductive organs so that there could be more of us. I mean, the Jeeva, you know, we gotta, we're actually a, a walking human disposable, disposal system. So we need a whole system to, to cleanse out when we, when we take in food. So it's a, it's a very complex machine. Now, before this machine is put together, the universe is put together. And the universe is, can be referred to in its formative stage as a fetus. And Vishwanath refers to it in just that way in the third canto in discussing, you know, this, this manifestation in giving his explanation of the discussion between Maitreya and Vidura. 
So in the very beginning, it's not that he jumps right into their, well, there's an ear and there's sound and there's a carrier for the sound, the air, and there's a demigod that makes it all work. And like, first, there's a whole section of prayers there where the demigods are praying to the supreme. We can see you're ready to manifest the universe. You're going to need to empower us to make to make it work. So the whole series of prayers there where the demigods are praying to the supreme for empowerment. Please empower us. Now, what are the demigods' jobs in this? Well, take them out of the equation and the year is not going to hear. They make it work. They're the empowered entity whereby your ear can perceive sound. Without their, their part of the puzzle, the adi-divic, unless they're contributing to that working of the ear and the nose and the eyes and the tongue and the, you know, the legs and the arms and the anus and the reproductive system and and unless those demigods are there, it's not going to work. The jiva in and of his own capacity doesn't have the capacity to make all the systems function properly. You need a, a, a trained mechanic in every area of the body to make it function. Now we discussed this before. You look at you look at simply a mother. I mean, we're talking about making our senses work, and a mother and a father get together and they say, "Let's make a ch- baby. Let's make a child." Good luck with that. What are you going to do? You're going to pour the chemicals together and form the bones and the nervous system and the circulatory system and the little heart and you're going to let it grow and you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to control the growth and make sure that the brain's there and the heart's there in the right place, the liver, and if there's two babies in the womb that the two don't grow together. I mean, good luck with that. But there are living entities who have been empowered to make it work. The mother's not going to put it together. Doing this <laughs> is not making a baby. Okay? Sitting there watching your belly get bigger. I mean, you can do some things to help. Maybe you don't drink any liquor. Maybe you don't, you know... Maybe you don't go out and, uh, you know, go on a on any major hikes at the end. I mean, you know, there's some things the mother does. Don't get me wrong. She contributes a lot. At the end, she contributes everything, it seems. It's, it's like she gives up her whole body at the very end for the baby. Get that. One of the two of us are coming, going, going to get out of this thing alive. Luckily, maybe both of us, but... I don't care who, but it's going to come to an end now. <laughs> so we can see it's it's quite an ordeal. So 
I'm not belittling. I'm just trying to make the point that we really need the divine empowerment that makes the universe work. And the demigods were praying like that. And then Maitreya proceeds to explain the manifestation of all the senses and the sense objects and the, the putting it together, the Adi Baltic is this is the gross sense and the Adidaivik is the is the is the subtle sense and the Adiatmic enters into that subtle sense and then the sound itself is again Adibaltic. So we have the gross and the and the subtle the gross being the physical sense, the subtle being the actual perce- perceptible item, sound, a vibration in the ether. Or so the potentiality, the potentiality either during the unmanifest or the manifest state, speaks to the eternality of the material manifestation. It's manifest either in potential, it exists even in either in potentiality or for full-formed reality. Because at that time there were no divisions of name and form in the universe, that's speaking in the potential form, the latter has been described as one with sat, the reality or the cause. This is the principle of sat karyavad. Okay? It's always sat. Sat karyavad. Manifest or unmanifest. So this is a subset of parinamavad that it's coming from the energy of the Supreme. Sometimes, some mayaikas, logistical thinkers, that only think logistically, they don't go beyond that. if If it doesn't fit into the logistics of their way of looking at things which has to be all you know it has to they have to be able they they have a they have a little bit of problem with you know a chinta inconceivable they have problems when you say oh that's inconceivable well then it doesn't work it's nah that's not logical you can't bring in a word like inconceivable (laughs) what (laughs) what kind of logic is that they would call a chinta, you know, I, you know, they would call a chinta beta beta tattva. Well, that's just that's inconceivably unacceptable. <laughs> so this idea. Uh, In the verse we quoted in the last class, which is the which is the evidentiary verse that 
Jiva Goswami is using here, which is from the Upanishads. In the succeeding mantra, however, this view is refuted by posing a question. But, my dear boy, how can this be so? How can the existent come from the non-existent? So they, they have trouble wrapping their mind around the unmanifest because it's so unmanifest that it's just like, well, that it doesn't exist. The Satkaryavad holds that the effect exists in its cause in a subtle or potential form. Parinamavad includes Satkaryavad within its scope and thus considers the universe to be a transformation of Paramatma's extrinsic energy called Maya. The Parinamavad accepted by Jiva Goswami is not the same as that put forth by the classical non-theistic Sankhya school, because the latter view would imply that Paramatma himself undergoes modifications in order to create the world. In the Shakti Parinamavad, however, it is only the Shakti of Paramatma that undergoes modification, while Paramatma or Brahman in Vedantic terminology remains unchanged. Thus Paramatma remains free from the defect of modification, but still being the constituent cause of the universe. While still, I'm sorry, while still being the constituent cause. This is the principle underlying Jiva Goswami's metaphysical view known as Achinta Beta Beta Vad. The transrational accommodation of distinction within non-distinction. So there's only eight more parts to go. Part two of section 70, Anocheta 70. The universe is not an unchanging reality. The universe is not an unchanging reality. So now, it's cha- now we, the universe is changing. We can accept that it exists, it's real, it's sat, but doesn't mean it's not changing, it does change. So, Jiva goes on in his Anucheta. Although such is the case, that the cause is accepted as the potential state of the effect, a further doubt is raised. Why should the universe, whose constituent cause, Upadan, is real, what's the constituent cause? Brahman, they would say Brahman, or Paramatma, or God. I mean, it has to come from somewhere. Otherwise, it comes from nowhere. Then it, we're not going to buy into that, that it can come from nowhere. Then it, it really is a sot. It really doesn't exist because something doesn't come from nothing. So it has to come from somewhere. Why should the universe, whose constituent cause, Upadan, the parts, is real, not also share the same quality of imperishability? It's a good question. Why shouldn't it share the, the quality of imperishability 
as the upadan and be considered real or sat. And if it should be perishable, would it not be more appropriately described according to Vivartavad due to its being exactly like the illusory appearance of silver in an oyster shell? Interesting thought being put forth here. Well, hmm. Okay, so we have a universe. We have a manifestation of the Supreme. And we know the Supreme's eternal, sought, but we know the universe is always undergoing changes. In fact, we say it's endlessly mutable. No matter what what we get into here, no matter where, it's always mutable. It's always breaking down. Something is always breaking down. You just need to be here for a few months to, to be well aware of the fact that the universe is endlessly mutable and everything within the universe, whether it be the refrigerators or the trees or a well, I mean, you know, something is a car. Do I need to go on? A computer, a phone. Uh, I'm just thinking in the last few days. But <laughs> everything's endlessly mutable. So the question is, well, then wouldn't it be more appropriate since the universe is endlessly mutable, it's always changing, it's always breaking down, then why do you want to use this parinamavad? Wouldn't it be more appropriate to say it's vivartavad? It's illusory because it's here today and gone tomorrow. <laughs> A logical question, right? It's like the silver in an oyster shell really doesn't exist because it's not it's always changing to this question I'm sorry this question is raised and answered by the Shrutis and as he often does when conveying the idea of the Shrutis Shruti is what? Shruti, Smriti, Paranadi, the scriptures, the, shru, the basic scriptures, the, the mantras that are the, the basic uh, sutras that, that compose reality, that, that convey, that are, that are spoken, that are the breath of the Lord, Upanishads, the, you know. So the Shrutis, well, they took forms during Krishna's appearance, and there's uh, and they offered prayers to the Lord, and we can find those prayers, detailed prayers. It seems unending prayers, 
in the 10th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, 87th chapter. So all these prayers are there and they're just they're just pregnant with with transcendental reality. So much philosophy in these prayers. So Jiva Goswami is going to take us to those prayers to explain this dilemma. Well, what do the Shrutis say? Because it is a valid question. Why do we call it, why do we just say it's an illusion? Because it is here today and it is gone tomorrow. And you're saying it's a modification, but maybe illusion's a better nomenclature. So he quotes the Shrutis as follows. If it is argued that this universe is real because it has arisen from the real, then it is not then is this not a logical fallacy? Okay? It's a question. Well, it's a logical fallacy. It's you know, you're you you're putting forth something that just really makes no sense that from the eternal the temporary mutable is coming and constantly changing and yet it's eternal well and yet we're looking at it as you're you're putting forth the proposition of parinamavad it's simply a modification mm-hmm. of the supreme response so this is, the Shrutis brought this question up themselves and they give their own response. Sometimes there is a deviation in this principle of an effect corresponding to the nature of its cause. And sometimes the effect is false, even when the cause is real. But not so where the effect shares both characteristics. Example, perceptibility and the causal efficiency to produce an action or event. Shrutis continue, the false cognition, the false looking at the world with a false concept in your mind, the false cognition of the world is sought for the sake of worldly transactions perpetrated perpetrated through the blind succession of past conventions. Your words in the Shastra, through their manifold powers of expression, delude those whose intelligence is dulled by the formal structure of Vedic hymnody. Jiva Goswami explains. And he, he looks at the individual words for his explanation. The pronoun, this, refers to the universe, which is the subject term. That it is real is the predicate to be inferred by the argument that it has arisen from the reality sought. It is indeed seen that 
whatever is generated has the same nature as its source. That's our general perception. Just as earrings made from gold are of the nature of gold. Tat-atmaka. So too the universe is also like that. By saying that the universe has arisen, it is being emphasized that it is not superimposed like silver on an oyster shell. It has real value, is what's been. It's not like silver on an oyster shell. There is some real functionality here. It does have some utility, just as the Lord Himself has some utility and some functionality. That's that now we're now they're pulling us back to wait a minute, you just can't you can't really dismiss it offhand so quickly, can you? Let's look 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 a little more deeply before you quickly arrive at such a conclusion. Up to this point in the argument given above, the Shrutis have simply repeated the Siddhanta of the proponent's argument, which is their own view. Parinamavad. Then, arguing the counterposition of Vivartavad, they deny this by asking rhetorically, is this not against logic? They're asking, is this not against logic? What is, what's, what is against logic? The fact that the, the cause, the universe, is different from the... Uh, the effect, the universe, is different from the cause. Distinctly different. Since the word sata, from reality, uh, being in the oblative case, implies a difference between the source and its object produced, which is a case of contradictory reasoning, viruda hetu. Example, the very reason given to prove the identity of cause and effect turns out to contradict it instead. <clears throat> We will unpack this to to get to the again he's he's the logic I mean the deep logic that these prayers of the personified Vedas contain and how to how to unpack them in a in a comprehensive and meaningful way so that the the true tattva that they're conveying provides us with an overall understanding, siddhanta, of, of what is the, the proper sambandhagyan as viewed through the eyes of the Vedas, through the eyes of, the, of the, the scripture itself. This is the scripture speaking directly. And it's, it's not a direct path. Krishna doesn't want it to be a direct path. In the Gita, we find repeatedly guyamakyati prichiti. It's 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 a secret, secret. This this is the most secret. It's the secret of all secrets. And this is even more secret than that secret. And if you really got to the secret of everything, you'd found that find out that. I have no power at all. You call me God, but 
really it's just my devotees that drag me around like a bull with a with a a ring in its nose that's pretty secret we won't talk of that otherwise the world will fall apart the world won't be able to the world wouldn't be able to handle it but really even though i'm drug around i'm still in complete control <laughs> figure that out so these explanations are very comprehensive i don't want to i don't want to go into deeply without some this this whole thing of viruda hetu this contradictory reasoning we want to walk into that slowly so we can comprehend like we like the ideas we started out with this evening so i'm going to stop there for this evening all right we'll stop for there thank you so much for your association Why don't you come to the bay or jump?